Thank you so much. Well, as uh, Angie and uh, Josie, I nearly forgot your name there, Josie, have said, uh, welcome to everybody. Welcome to everybody watching online. I was just having a little look. There are loads of people watching online. That's uh, hope you're enjoying. You're probably watching, let me guess, you're watching from your back garden, aren't you? You've, uh, you've got the barbecue on, and you have church, you have me, hey, you know, in the background. I'm like a borrower, you know, in your back garden. Uh, but uh, it's great to have you with us tonight. So hello to everybody online. Hello to everybody in Leicester as well. We love you guys. And uh, we love pastors, uh, Pastor Jonah and also Becca down there as well, and all the team. We love you guys very much. And then, of course, hello to everybody in the room. <laughs> And what a day. Now, how many of you are enjoying this nice weather? Would you put your hand up if you're enjoying this nice weather? How many of you are winter people? Yeah, I'm a winter guy. I'm the kind of guy, you know, as, as, as some of you are dreaming of summer in the winter, I'm the kind of guy who dreams of winter in the summer. I'm dreaming right now, I mean, you know, of, of, of snowflakes falling down, snowmen, and so on. I'm sad, right? Anyway, uh, great to have you with us today. If you're joining us for the very first time, take us as you find us. Uh, we just love Jesus. And uh, if you are uh, just checking us out, maybe you're a student going to be coming into town uh, uh, or into the area in September, October. Uh, we, uh, we love students here. In fact, the students have been uh, camping this weekend, all the students who stick around, uh, maybe 40 of them, I think, something like that. And, um, and they didn't get any sleep. And uh, they've been eating a dodgy barbecue meat, but they're all alive. They're all good. And uh, so if you're coming into town, send, uh, say hello. Get connected in now. Don't wait until, like, uh, you know, September, October. Just get connected in now. It'd be great to see you. Great stuff. I want to talk to you about living a life of excellence. So excellence, of course, is one of the values that we hold to here at the Junction Church. And so that's what I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this morning. Let me give you an illustration. What is excellence and what does it mean to live a life of excellence? Well, there was an old uh, cellist called Pablo Casals. And Casals was recognized as the best cellist in the world. He mastered all the main composers, played amazing music technically brilliant. There was nobody in his league. He was the best of the best. And yet, even as an older man in his 70s and I think into his 80s, Pablo Casals continued to practice the cello for about six hours a day. A lot of time in a day. And so, uh, somebody once asked him and they said, Mr. Casals, you're the best. There's nobody better than you. You are the best. You are recognized as the best, and yet you continue to practice for six hours every day. Why? You could, you could like reduce it to 30 minutes or 15 minutes or do, no, you know, or do nothing, and you're still the best. So why do you do that? And Casal's reply emphasizes the spirit of excellence. Casals said, I practice for six hours every day because I think I'm getting better. And that's excellence. In other words, what do I mean? It means there's always room for improvement. None of us have made it. There is always room for improvement. That's what excellence is. Excellence is uh, surpassing ordinary 
standards or surpassing normal standards. Excellence is going above and beyond. We had a whole teaching series on that. Let me read some verses from the Bible. You should see these on the screen. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, says the scripture. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, here it says, work heartily, heartily. Uh, and do it with, uh, and do it as for the Lord, and not merely for people. Uh, One Corinthians ten thirty one. Whatever you do, this time he says, do it for the glory of God. That's excellence. Philippians 1, 9 and 10, my prayer, says the Apostle Paul, my prayer is that your love may abound more and more. Why? So that you may approve what is excellent. In other words, I don't want you to live down here. I want you to live up here. And that is what excellence is all about. Excellence is one of the hallmarks of kingdom living. What was the thing that Jesus talked about more than anything else in his ministry? It's worth doing a little personal research on this. What did he talk more about? I remember uh, uh, an old uh, guy came to me a long time before the Junction Church, and he said, always remember Jesus talked more about hell than heaven. It was a sort of a thing in those days that gave all the old boys who preached hellfire a good excuse to give the congregation a right old blast. And, uh, and I would always point out, that is absolutely not true. You obviously do not know your Bible. Because Jesus talked a whole lot more about heaven than about hell. In fact, uh, he talked about the kingdom of heaven. That's the thing he talked about more than anything else. That's the thing he talked about more than anything else. The kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. There are slight differences in, in both those terms. We don't have time to get into that today. But he talked about the kingdom. He taught us to pray, for example, the famous Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he gets to the request, your kingdom come. That's what he wants us to ask for. That's what he wants us to pray about. Your kingdom come, what? Your will be done. Where? Right here on the earth, just as that same will is happening right now in heaven. And that's the way that God wants us to live. He's not called us to live according to the values that the world set. And I always, I always find it funny when, I, when the world moralizes. You think, well, hang on a second. If you're going to judge and you're going to do this thing right, you, you're, this, is the, this, is the, this is the world led by governments that where, where selfishness and greed are encouraged where they are sitting on weaponry that could blow the heck out of each other in no time. You know, the hypocrisy of the world standards. We are the moral guardians. No, you're not. You're not going to dictate my morals. I can tell you now, my morality, my standards are going to be determined by this thing called the Word of God. And there's going to be no compromise there. And what is, the, what is that standard? It is the standard of the kingdom. Your will be done here on the earth as it is happening in heaven. That's the standard that God calls us to live by. 
and that standard is a standard of excellence. It's not just going along with the norm, but it is actually aligning ourselves with heaven's norm, if you like. And this is what it means to live a life of excellence. Let's drill into this then for a few more moments. Are you still with me? I'm trying to stir your heart. The Lord hasn't called you to live down here. He's called you to live up here. So what does it mean to live a life of excellence? Let's go through a few little observations. Number one, it's important to point out that excellence is not the same as perfection. There's a difference between the two. Have you ever met a perfectionist? How do you know you're talking to a perfectionist? Because they're never happy. Because it's never good enough. And, and, their, and their, their self-awareness, here's what happens with perfectionism. Self-awareness creeps into self-obsession. And, and I'm never good enough, and I've got to work harder. And then, of course, a lot of that working harder then begins to be motivated by pride. And I've got to be the best, and I've got to be better than everybody else, and I've got to be that, and I've got to be this. And that is the danger of perfectionism. The Bible does not encourage us to pursue perfectionism. It takes your joy away, steals your happiness, takes away your fulfillment. You're so busy trying to put everything right, you just don't, you fail to enjoy what you've got. Are you with me? Whereas excellence is different, it knows how to move on. It recognizes I make mistakes, I get it wrong. Sometimes life does not work out like I would have wanted it to work out. But nevertheless, I'm going to keep going. And if I have to keep walking with a limp, I'll do it. Some perfectionism says if you're going to run, you've got to, you've got to do a perfect run. And it's got to be like chariots of fire. And your physique is going to be perfect, whereas excellence sometimes just has to do one of those dad runs, you know. <laughs> anybody, know anybody do one of those dad runs or one of those runs you do? Or, or, or it's like when you're running to catch the bus. It's not dignified, is it? And you're, you're running, and then, and then the bus goes off, and then you just pretend, oh, it was just out for a jog. That was all. Yeah, I was always done, you know. Sometimes excellence, and this is the, this is the, the nuance, that sometimes excellence can be in a mess, Perfectionism has to have everything perfect, whereas excellence sometimes recognizes that life can get messy, but nevertheless, I'm going to do what I can with what I have, and I'm going to live for the glory of God. Now, I, I much prefer that than the land of perfectionism. Anybody else here today? This is what the Bible teaches. So excellence is not the same as perfectionism, but number two, I think that one of the other lessons that we would do well to learn is that the opposite of excellence is mediocrity. That's the opposite of excellence. So the opposite of good is not bad. You know, it's like that. The, the opposite of excellence is not terrible. No, no, no. The opposite, the enemy of excellence is mediocrity. Well, what is mediocrity? Mediocrity is average. Mediocrity is little effort. Mediocrity is the easiest route. What is easiest for me? Mediocrity is the most convenient path, and I think that's one of the big dangers for church in this season, not the Junction Church, because we're going to keep staring it up, and uh, we're going to keep doing what we do with excellence. I think generally across the board, though, one of the challenges with church, and I, and I, and I sense this even in, in leaders, is, oh, this is a big season. Let's just compromise Let's compromise in this season. Let's just lower all of our standards just to pick up the pieces. The problem is, 
Have you ever noticed that compromise always goes down? You never compromise up. You ever notice that? Never goes up. Always down. And when it goes down and you lower your standards, very challenging to get those standards back up again. I've got an announcement to make. We're not compromising for anybody here at the Junction Church. If you agree online, would you put a whole bunch of emojis on there like hands raised and fist pumps, you know, boxing, you know, whatever. Any other emojis going on? That's the one. Yeah, that one there that Josie mentioned. Hands together, praising God. I don't even know what half the emojis are, you know, or, or that, that one there, whatever that one is. I don't even know what that one is. Mediocrity um, is, uh, is just, uh, just little or not, nothing, no passion, no commitment. It's uh, unaccountable, generally speaking. Uh, just wants to do its own thing. It's just a job. It's clinical. Uh, it's uh, cold almost callous, just going through the motions, doing the right thing and appearing to do the right thing, but doing it with little or no conviction, no passion. That's mediocrity, and I want to encourage you as your pastor, never live there. God has made you for more than that. No, 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 no. Excellence is far, far more than that. Excellence is passion. Excellence is conviction. Excellence is if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it for the glory of God. Excellence says, I think my God deserves everything. Not, not, not 50%, my God deserves 150%. And I'm going to give it my all. And I'm going to serve God with all my heart. And I'm going to really go for this. And I'm going to give it my all. I've got one shot at this. I've got one life to live. And so therefore, I'm going to live this thing with all the conviction, with all the passion of my heart. And that is excellence. Never compromise to the level of mediocrity. No, 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 no. Rise to kingdom excellence. Not perfection, but excellence. I'm going to do the best I can for the glory of God, and I'm going to use whatever I've got to achieve that end. And that's the purpose of my life. Number three, I want us to understand that excellence is an attitude more than a task. People of excellence don't just do tasks with excellence. It's far more than that. They live with excellence. So their tasks are simply the overflow of what's going on in their heart. My life is here for the glory of God. That is my uncompromising standard. Ultimately, life is short. One day we'll stand before God, and the question is, what'd you do for me? That's the question that all of us will have to answer. It wasn't, it, it'll not be, oh, you were famous. God is not flattered by fame or fortune, especially if you don't tithe. God is not flattered. I'm a very cheeky pastor, aren't I? But God is not flattered by the things that the world says we should be flattered by. God says, how is your life extending my kingdom, fulfilling the Lord's prayer of bringing my will from heaven to earth, living a life for the glory of God? Every time you walk into the room, people should know there's a child of God. They, they may not articulate it like that, but they should identify there's something different about your life. You, and and that, that's, not a, that's not being, you know, extrovert and having to be the life and soul of the party. Sometimes you can walk into the room and not even say anything. And people just know there's something different about you. You carry a spirit of excellence. 
And it's always the best evangelism is not when you have to go around telling everybody about Jesus, but when they come to you and they say, why, why do you live like you live? Why do you do such a great job? Why, do, why when, you, when, when you serve, is it so good? What, what, is, what motivates that? And then there's your cue, because I'm, because I'm a Christian, and, and this is what God calls me to live by. And I love people, and I think if, I, if my love for God is manifested ultimately by my love for people, so I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to serve well. This is excellence. It's more than a task. It's a hard, it's a hard thing. Uh, Philippians 4.8 uh, encourages us to live an excellent life, even in the way we think. Look at this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... I think what this is basically saying is stop watching the news. Whatever is admirable. And then he says these words, if anything is excellent, think on these things. So let your thought life be excellent, friend. Uh, everybody watching online, uh, let, your, let what you're feeding yourself with feed excellence. Don't feed yourself with mediocrity. Uh, stop getting around all those people who just tell you what you want to hear because they're the most dangerous people you'll ever meet. The most dangerous person in your life is the person who tells you what they think you want to hear. Because it's not true. It's not real. Because then eventually the real person will come out and you'll think, you really like that? I, you were just telling me what you thought that I wanted to hear in that moment. No, that's not excellence. Excellence is living for the glory of God, seeing value, seeing purpose to your life, having an uncompromising conviction that this is my standard. This is it. Not compromising for anybody. This is it. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live for the glory of God. It's more than a task. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of heart. Whatever is excellent, think on these things. Are you still with me? Can I give you a few more of these? Everybody online, you, know, you, can, you can pour yourself another ice cold drink, I suppose, if you're watching online, whereas the poor people who are here, you know, they're um, suffering in the presence of God. You'll, you'll still hear, if you wave, what you'll do is you'll, you, the wind of the Spirit will just blow around everybody and it'll cool us all down. Okay, that's not biblical, but hey, that's still. Number four, excellence is mainly found on a road and the name of that road is called the Extra Mile. It's the most unwalked road in the world. Not many people want to walk there. The extra mile. There's a very popular road called Just Enough. It's Just Enough. And you, you see that, you know, it's like, it's like uh, or, or Not Enough is a very, another very popular road. You know, like, it's like these, these companies. And I, I think if, if revival were to happen, a lot of companies would have a revolution in their customer service. Anybody identify with this? Anybody? By the way, anybody, any business people, remember there's two key principles. I'm giving you this for free. Two key principles of customer service. And if you get this, it'll change your life. Number one is customer. And number two is service. If you just remember that, honestly, the, 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 the company, maybe this is a word of knowledge for some business person. This could cause a revolution in your company. Again, if you come and you give into the kingdom, we will bless you. Are you with me here today? I'm telling you, it would cause a revolution. How many times have you gone into, you know, had a phone, you do a lot of phone calls these days, and everything's a problem. We had something like that recently. One person said, it's a problem. So we put the phone down and talked to somebody else. Oh, no, no problem. We can do it. 
It's excellence. It's hard. Are you with me? And we're not can-do people as Christians. We're can-do people as Christians. We are people who love Jesus, and we will go the extra mile. We'll go there. We're not going to go on the road of not enough, and we're going to stay off the road of just enough. No, we're going to get on the extra mile of more than enough. This is what God calls us to live. Number five, excellence is a value more than a rule. We're not legalists. We're not here because we have to do it. It's not legalistic. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. And the Lord wants us to live with a heart of excellence, not doing it. You know, I, I always, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I pastor pastors, right? And uh, I, always, I always have interesting conversations, and I'll say to some, some pastors sometimes, why are you serving God? And they'll say, well, because God told me I've got to come here. And, uh, and I'll say, I think you should move on. Because your face looks so miserable and sad that you're going to make everybody else miserable and sad if you keep going like that. I, I, was, I always, I'm a little nervous of the intensity of, oh, God told me I've got to stay here. It's the most joyless, you know, unfulfilled. I've got to stay here because God told me to stay here. Listen, if you're going to do it, do it with a bit of happiness. If you're going to serve God, do it with a bit of joy. It's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. What a privilege, what an honor we have to serve God. We're not doing this out of rules because I have to. You don't have to do anything. That's the point. If you take grace to its extreme, you don't even have to do anything. We do it because our hearts are melted and because we want to serve our God. We want to serve him with all of our hearts. So when people come and they serve on Sunday mornings, nobody has to do it because they have to do it. There's a whole army of steadfast warriors who are here because they love God's house and they love people and they think God's people are worth it and I'm going to give this my best shot and we're going we're to do what we can with what we've got for the glory of God and if it impacts somebody's life, that's totally worth it. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Number six, and I'll finish with this one. The ultimate example of excellence is God himself. He is our ultimate example of excellence. Let me read to you from Psalm uh, 8, verse 1. The psalmist, um, I love the poetry of the psalmist. I love it. He says, O Lord our God, how excellent is your name. Our God has an excellent name. Are you with me? It's like, uh, you know, Gandhi observed many years ago. He said, I like your Christ. He said, I just don't like your Christians. Uh, you know, he went into churches and he thought that this, this thing should be overflowing with the reality of God. And actually, what he came across was a whole bunch of carnality and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. No, 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 no. That, that is not how God calls us to live. We serve a God who has an excellent name. So, Lord, may I represent the excellence of your name in the way that I live, in the way that I conduct myself, in the way that I speak, in the way that I live, in the way that I worship. May my life do some kind of justice because the Lord has an excellent name and all the earth look at this oh lord our god how excellent is your name in all the earth you look at this statement you have set your glory 
above the heavens. You think creation's amazing. You, we, were, we were in the north coast of Ireland a couple of weeks ago. We saw some amazing sunsets, the, the beauty, the splendor, the glory of creation. You've no doubt seen amazing things here on the earth, but you know our God's glory is even above the heavens. That's the excellence of our God. God's creation is excellent. God's will is excellent. God's kingdom is excellent. God's glory is excellent. And God calls his people, not to perfection, because you'll never be happy then, but he calls us to be excellent, to represent his kingdom with excellence, to live our lives with excellence, be changed by the excellence of his glory. That's how we're changed. I don't, I, I'm not changed by trying to change myself. And with this thought, I'm coming to an end. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, you know, at Christmas time and you have too much chocolate. Does anybody identify with what I'm talking about? And then you, have, you, you absolutely have so much chocolate over Christmas time. You're like a walking piece of chocolate, you know, afterwards. And then January the 1st comes and you say, right, it's all changed from here, isn't it? No more chocolate. That's it. You talk to yourself. No more chocolate. You kind of get through, you know, a few hours and you think, this is tough, isn't it? Ooh. You're having hallucinations about talk chocolate-coated turkeys and, you know, you want to you wanna just get some of that sugary substance in your being because you need it for your well-being, don't you? It may not be good for your health, but for your mental health, it's brilliant, you know. And, and, you know, and then you go for a few days. And, and, but what happens by January the 2nd, you have more chocolate in those two days than what you had even over Christmas time. We find it very difficult to change. So how are we changed as Christians? Well, 2 Corinthians 3 tells us we're not changed by our own efforts, but we are changed from glory to glory by the excellence of his glory. That's how we're changed as Christians, dramatically transformed. By God's amazing grace and that's the difference that God's grace can make to our lives and I want to encourage you today don't compromise don't go down to the level of mediocrity rise to the level of excellence and be everything that God's called us to be would you like to stand with me I'm going to invite the worship team to come out and uh, they're going to just lead us in a, a song in just a moment but I want to pray over you everybody who's watching at home I'm going to pray for you everybody watching in Leicester I'm going to pray for you now so I want you to get ready for God to do something in your heart because I don't, I don't just want this to be a nice word today, but I want you to take this word into your heart. I want you to do something about it. So some of us are going to go off on holiday. And when you're off on holiday, I want you to challenge yourself and say, okay, now when I come back from holiday and we hit that new season, how can I serve God with excellence in every aspect of my life? What would that look like in my practical career? What would that look like in how I handle my finances? What would that look like in how I deal with other people? What would that look like? And give yourself different scenarios in your life and then pray into them. Pray into them and say, Lord, I want my life to represent the excellence of your name. And that's how we're going to change the world. That's how the world will be changed. Because through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is revealed. And the world look at God's church and they see something. They may not be able to articulate it in our language, but they look and they say, wow, look at those people. They're not perfect. We know that. But there's something different going on there. And it's because the values of God's kingdom have got into our hearts and we're living this stuff in our jobs, 
in our workplaces in every situation we find ourselves in would you raise your hands and let's pray father i pray that a spirit of excellence will take strong shape in every heart that's in this place today and that we will take up the challenge of this word and that we will live with the excellence of your kingdom residing in our hearts and that we will represent the excellence of your name in a way that brings you great glory and great honor the purpose of our lives is to glorify the king this is not the republic of god this is the kingdom of god we honor the king who sits upon his throne we worship you we praise you we magnify your greatness above our weakness above our struggles you are great and greatly to be praised and i pray that as we begin to worship you in these next few moments you will seal this word into our hearts in a powerful way we give you praise we give you thanks in jesus name i pray amen